This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Let's start with Leviticus 17:11. Leviticus 17:11. Let's put that one up. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for yourselves for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. Now, we don't often like to talk about blood. I mean, really? It's a little gory. But did you know that the word blood is mentioned in the Bible over 400 times? And there's, there's a real significance. When we receive communion, we are receiving a symbol of the blood of Jesus. We are re receiving a, a symbol that represents the body and the blood of Jesus. It's a, those ordinances, baptism and communion, any Christian church celebrates those two ordinances. Almost all of them do. They do it differently. You know, in baptism, <clears throat> we dunk. Some people sprinkle. Some others may splash. Doesn't matter how you do it. You just got to be obedient and do it. And you say, oh, I don't agree with you. I think there's only one way to do it. Well, we don't have to agree to get to heaven. <clears throat> but it's important. Communion is another one of those ordinances. And even though we do it, I don't believe many of us understand why we do it or what it represents. I, was, I did a conference uh, in a very large group of people. And the pastor there talked a little bit about communion. And he actually shared some things with me that I didn't know about communion. And after that, communion was so, it still is so special to me. That's what I want to do for you tonight. I want to share some information about the power of the blood of Jesus that we celebrate when we receive communion that will make you excited about it. So let's go back to the beginning and let's find out the source of why we do this. Luke 22, beginning with verse 14, I'm going to read from 14 through 20. We're going to read these verses and we're going to talk a little bit. I'll try not to stop as we go along. When the hour had come, he, Jesus, sat down and his 12 apostles with him. And then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. This is going to be the last Passover I eat with you until we eat it in the kingdom. Wow, what a promise. I love that. Then he took the cup. Oh, wait a minute, did I skip the bread? No, I didn't. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, take this, divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Paul added in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, for as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, in John chapter 6, you may want to go back sometime this week and read the whole chapter. I don't have time to read it to you. But in John chapter 6, Jesus gave this wonderful discourse on the bread of life. And he said in that discourse, he made this astounding statement. He said, I am the bread of life. 
I am the bread of life. They were talking about Moses and the manna in the wilderness. And he said, no, I am the bread of life. And in verse 53, he made the most astounding statement. Nobody in the place understood what he was saying. And I got to tell you the truth. I, when I first read this and over the years as I've read it, I've wondered what it meant. But tonight, you're going to know what it means when we finish. This is what he said. I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of, men, of Man and drink, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. All the people said, oh, is he crazy? Has he lost his mind? He wants us to eat his flesh and drink his blood? Even the, the apostles and the disciples didn't know what he was talking about. What is he talking about? He's always speaking these strange things. But at the Passover, when he took the bread and he broke it, he said, this is my body. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. And then they began to understand that he was symbolically speaking that they had to partake of his body through communion. They had to partake of his blood through communion in order to have his life and to illustrate and to, and to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the passage that we read in Luke, there are a couple of important words that I, that I want us to look at. The first one is the word Passover. Jesus said, I have desired with great desire to celebrate this Passover. Now, this was the night before he was betrayed. He was on his way to the cross when they had this supper. He was actually, they left this supper. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed there. He asked, Lord, if it's possible, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, it's your will, not mine. After he finished praying, Judas came with the, with the soldiers, kissed him, betrayed him. He was taken into custody, and you know the rest of the story. He was, he was beaten. He took stripes for our healing. He was given a crown of thorns. He had to carry his cross. When he could no longer carry it, the soldiers found another man to carry it for him. He was nailed to the cross. He died for us. But thank God he rose again. Thank God he rose again. But this Passover is significant in our understanding why the communion is so important to us. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 12. This is the story about the Passover and why it was significant that that was the day he chose to illustrate and to demonstrate communion for us. In this story, Israel is about to be released from Egypt. And all of the plagues have been, have been poured out on Egypt. And Pharaoh has refused to let them go. And so now the last plague is coming. And the last plague that Moses has announced, if you do not let these people go, then the plague that God is going to bring on you is the firstborn of every living creature in Egypt God will kill. The death angel will pass through this land. And the firstborn, including from Pharaoh down to the, the lowest, poorest person, the firstborn will die. But... God said, now you go tell the children of Israel, go tell my people. Go tell my people to bring a little lamb into their house. Keep it in the house. Make sure it's a perfect little lamb. And I want them to kill that little lamb. And with a hyssop, a, a bush, I want them to put that hyssop in the blood of the lamb. And I want them to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and down the sides of their house. And then, oh, I love this. Then I want them to cook that lamb. And I want them to eat it. Now, when they eat it, I want them to have their shoes on, and I don't want them to sit down. I want them to eat it standing up with their shoes on. wonder why I said that. 
because they're fixing to take off. They're fixing to leave. God's about to bring them out. And this is a celebration meal. It's, and they don't realize the significance of it. They don't know that all these thousands of years later, we're going to be standing here in Conroe talking about what the Lord did and how it applies to what he's done for us. But that symbolized the power of the blood of Jesus. When the death angel came through that night, when he saw the blood, he passed over. He didn't stop. Every other family in Egypt that didn't have the blood over the door, they lost the firstborn. But not the children of God because the blood protected them. When I was a little girl, my mother and my grandmother used to talk about pleading the blood of Jesus. I didn't know what they were talking about, but I knew it worked. I knew it had to do with protection. I knew it had to do with the power of God. And I learned what it is, and we'll talk about it more at the very end of this, of this teaching session. But the blood of Jesus is powerful. A friend of mine, years and years ago, actually it was in 1988, in 1988, a friend of mine gave me a set of CDs, 12 90-minute CDs. Aren't you glad our pastor does not teach for 90 minutes? Don't you hope I don't teach for 90 minutes tonight? Not, and she said, you need to listen to these tapes on the blood. They're the most powerful tapes on the blood I've ever heard. I thought, what in the world could I learn about the blood of Jesus that I don't already know from 12 90-minute tapes? But she harassed me until I listened. Let me tell you what I learned. I learned how to pray for my handsome husband to get saved. And he's sitting in this auditorium tonight saved and full of the Holy Spirit. And part of the reason is because of those tapes on the power of the blood. I began to plead the blood of Jesus. And to this day, to this day, every day of the world, I wash my family from head to toe in the blood of Jesus. I plead the power of the blood of Jesus because the Bible says in Revelation, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When you pray the blood, when you speak the blood over your situation, and you say, that sounds really weird. I'm really speaking the power of what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's wonderful that he brought us eternal life, but that's not all he bought us. Eternal life is in the future. I live in the nasty now and now. And I need the power of Jesus in my life every single day. He's our lamb. Listen to these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. When Jesus, it, uh, it says, uh, I, think I, I think I missed one. I did. John 1, 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold the lamb of God. He's our Passover lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Now 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may have the new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ is our Passover lamb and he has been sacrificed. Praise God. Hebrews, I love this one. I love this verse. Hebrews 9, 13 and 14. This goes with the power of the blood. If the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sacrifice for the purifying of the flesh... In the old covenant, that's what they did. They killed a bull or a goat, and they sprinkled the ashes. They went into the Holy of Holies with the blood and the ashes, and it covered their sins. How much more, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself 
without spot to God, how much more will he cleanse our conscience from dead works? One translation says, how much more will the blood of Jesus turn a dead heart to serve the living God? If you've got a loved one that's not saved, begin to pray the blood over them. Oh, Lord, apply the blood to their heart. Pray this verse. Lord, I thank you the blood of Jesus is going to turn their heart away from the world and turn their heart to you. The other two things, quickly, to pray for them. The Bible says in Corinthians, if any man believe not this gospel, it's because the God of this world has blinded him. So the second thing you pray for him is, Lord, Remove the blindness Satan has put on their eyes. And the third thing you pray for them is send laborers across their path. Because Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send laborers. And so, you know, don't send the laborers till you get the blindness removed and the heart turned. Then send the laborers and it'll be easy for them to win them. That was free, not in my notes. <laughs> Here's one more about Jesus being, the, being our lamb. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely... He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. But we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was on him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. You need healing tonight? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved and receive your healing. Praise God. So that's the first word, is Passover. The other word that I want to look at is, he said, this cup is the covenant, this cup is the covenant of my blood, the new covenant of my blood. That word covenant is very important. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. That's Luke twenty-two twenty. You know, uh, actually the word testament and covenant are the same words. So there's the Old Testament is the Old Covenant. The New Testament is the New Covenant. And the New Covenant is based on the blood of Jesus. And so let's talk about the significance of a covenant relationship. Israel has a covenant relationship with God. And it's based on a blood covenant. Blood covenants are one of the most powerful covenants in, in the universe. And in order for God to help his people understand the power of a covenant, he gave them a blood covenant. He cut covenant with Abraham. Blood covenant is based on the oldest covenant known to human families. It's considered the most sacred. And with the Jewish or a Hebrew covenant, blood covenant, there are nine steps. So I'm going to quickly give you these nine steps because they'll help you understand communion. When you receive communion, th these nine steps come into view. Here's the first one. If you were cutting a covenant with me and we were doing the Hebrew type of covenant, we would exchange coats or cloaks. And that was significant because it's symbolically saying, I am giving you all of my strength. I am pledging you all of my support and protection. That's really what it's saying. They're exchanging. I'm going to be, if you die, if you die, I'm going to take care of your family. I'm going to make everything that's yours, I'm going to take care of. We're going to just exchange our coats, and we're going to become, you know, in marriage, you can, marriage is a covenant, and in marriage, you become one. Well, when we come to the Lord, we become one with him. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed to the Father, said, Lord, make them one as we are one. 
See, that's what happens with the blood covenant, with the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews 10, 5, it says, When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. I like that. Let me give you one more, and then I'm going to tell you what I, what I, where I'm going with these scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He, he became man. He actually took on the cloak of humanity so that we could have eternal life and take on the cloak of Jesus in the future. Isn't that wonderful? He became sin. He took our sin on the cross. He didn't just take a little bit of sin. He took all the sin for all men for all time on the cross, and he gave us his righteousness. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your weakness. He sees the righteousness of God. Oh, I love that. I love that. So you exchanged coats. They exchanged coats. One more. This one, uh, I don't think I gave to the guys to put up, but uh, this is real important. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. If you understand this verse, it will make you live differently. This is what it says. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have been clothed with the Holy Spirit. You have his coat who is in you, whom you have received from God. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. If you're not glorifying God with your body, the Holy Spirit will tell you, you need to listen to him and make some adjustments. You need to understand you exchanged coats with the Lord. And you're walking around with the Holy Spirit in you. You need to make him welcome in your life by obedience. He loves obedience. Secondly, they exchange belts. That has to do with protection. He says, I'll take care of you. You take care of me. Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. He gives us his armor, and he takes care of us. I'm going quickly because I want to get through all nine of them. Number three is, this is the one I wanted to get to. They cut a covenant. In Genesis 15, God cut covenant with Abraham. He told him to take an animal and split it right down the middle. Now, in a Hebrew covenant, the two people taking the covenant, they, they've got this animal split. They stand between the two, the two pieces back to back, and then they walk around, and they make a figure eight as they walk around and come back facing one another. And when they come back, they're saying this. We are dying to ourselves. We are giving up the rights of our own life, and we're beginning a new walk with our covenant partner unto death. Each half of this animal represents one half of the covenant partners, but now we're coming together. We're going to be one with you, Father. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to obey you. I am going to eat of your flesh and drink of your blood. I'm going to, I'm going to walk in newness of life. The Scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. Number four, then they raised their right hand. Now, some of you did this as a kid, and they mixed their blood. They cut their palms. Jesus was nailed to the cross in his palms. He has a scar in his hands. 
And they mix their blood. This represents their life mingling and becoming one because the life is in the blood. We read this. This was the first scripture we read tonight. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar of the cross to make an atonement for your souls. For it's the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. So they do that. They mix their blood. And then they exchange names. Now, you know, that kind of reminds me of the marriage ceremony. But we got a new name when we came to the Lord. We became a Christian. C-H-R-I-S-T, Christ, the anointed one. I-A-N. I became, I took his name. I took his name. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And so did you. We are known as Christians, those who belong to Christ. And John 1, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12 says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. Oh, say that. I'm a son of God. I'm in God's family. What a wonderful thing. And number six, they make a scar. Jesus has scars that he will carry for eternity. They make a scar. The scar is so significant. Um, you know, there's a, a fella, Henry Stanley, on his ex explorations through Africa, the time he was in Africa, he cut covenant with 50 different African tribes. And then they rubbed ash in those, in those uh, cuts where they cut and they mixed their blood on his arms so, so that when the scar healed, it was black. So any time that somebody would come at him or a tribe would start to attack them, he'd hold up his arm. And they'd see those 50 scars, and they would not attack him because they knew if they attacked him, all 50 of those tribes would come after them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to know that Jesus wears the scars of the cross. And we are the scar that God, and God gave Abraham a scar you know, the scar that God gave for Israel was called circumcision. That's what that's about. It's a mark of the covenant. David knew about that. You remember when he went up against Goliath? When he went up against Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, verse 26, the last part of that, he said, who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is that he would defy the armies of God? What was he saying? He doesn't have a covenant with God. We've got a covenant with God. We've got a covenant with God, and he protects us. And I will beat that giant. I may be a skinny little red-headed shepherd, but I've got the Holy Ghost, and he's going to help me beat that giant. You need to get that attitude. I'm in covenant relationship with the Lord. Every time I receive communion, I renew that relationship. Every time I take that, that bread and I drink that wine, I'm renewing that relationship. I'm empowering myself with the power of the blood of Jesus. Woo, as often as you do it. 1 Corinthians 11.25b, do it in remembrance of me. Number seven are the terms of the covenant. In the old covenant, I love this. I, I love the difference in the old and the new. In the old covenant, there were just a ton of commandments. There were blessings and there were cursings in the old covenant. For the, in Deuteronomy 11.26, it talks about the blessings and the cursings. But in the New Testament, I love what Galatians 3.13 says. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, not from the law, but from the curse of the law. 
We still, and we obey the law. The Bible says that those of us that are born again, the Holy Spirit helps us do the right thing just because of our relationship with him. When we do the wrong thing, he reminds us so we can repent. But the good news is we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He became a curse for us. So we don't have to be cursed. Now let me stop and tell you, there is a consequence for your actions. If you do dumb stuff, dumb stuff will happen to you. So be obedient. If you're willing and obedient, Isaiah 1, 19 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You'll have a happy life. Number eight, they eat a memorial meal. They complete their ceremony when they're cutting covenant with a meal. <laughs> we are now one together with a new nature. We have a covenant meal. Communion is our covenant meal. When we receive communion, we receive the covenant meal. And then they plant a memorial. They leave a memorial to the blood covenant. They plant a tree that is sprinkled with the blood of the animal sacrifice that they sacrificed. The cross is our tree. The cross is our memorial tree. You know, I told you when I was a little girl, my mom and grandmother taught me to plead the blood of Jesus. And I want to close with this. I want to close with Revelation 12, 11. If you're going through something, if the enemy's attacking you, this is how you overcome him. You overcome him with the blood of the lamb, the knowledge of what Jesus did for you on the cross, the things that I've shared with you, the fact that you're in covenant relationship with God, you overcoming with the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. When you put the blood of Jesus on something by faith, Satan will flee because the blood of Jesus is alive. It's alive. The life of God is in the blood. Listen again. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even unto death. To overcome is to rob Satan of his power against you, to defeat him. To plead the blood of Jesus is to take the witness stand and testify boldly. I have been redeemed. I have the word of God. I have, the, I have covenant relationship with God, and I come against you with the blood of Jesus. It's with your mouth. It's with your mouth. The, the word of your testimony is your word in prayer, your word in confession. You can confess your circumstances. You can confess what the devil's doing to you, or you can confess the blood of Jesus speaks to us today, and it cries out, the next time we receive communion, allow the blood of Jesus to speak to you. When you take the bread, understand what it is. When you drink the wine, know it's symbolically the life of God that you're ingesting. You are, and speak it out, I am justified. My covenant justified me. I am redeemed. I, am, I have peace. I am God's property. I am clean by the blood of Jesus. I am washed. I am healed. I have victory. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's an old song. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. You know this song? There is power, power, 
wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Sing it with me. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. The verse of that song says, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Are you here tonight and you need the blood of Jesus applied to your life? Bow your heads. Is there anybody in this building you say, oh, Billy, I need that covenant relationship. I don't have it. I don't have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I want to pray tonight with you and receive him as my Lord and Savior. I want the power of the blood in my life. Just lift your hand in the air if that's you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Any, any others, just raise your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else, I see your hand. I see your hand. Now listen, let me ask you this. You say, I know I'm born again. But I'm not serving the Lord as I should. I'm certainly not living the way he wants me to live. And tonight I want a new commitment. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord tonight. If that's you, shoot that hand in the air. This prayer is for you. All over the building I see those hands. Now we're going to pray with you. And we're going to pray a prayer asking Jesus to come into our hearts and to be our Lord and Savior. Even if you didn't raise your hand, if you prayed this prayer with us, you can be born again tonight. You can receive the power of the blood of Jesus in your life tonight. So let's pray together. Pray with me. I know that I need to be saved. And I know that I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I invite you, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Lord, that you're the one who redeems me. You're the one who forgives me. You're the one who gives me a new start with a new heart. I'm a new creation in you because I've said yes to you. Father, I pray that every person in this building will receive a new revelation of who you are and of the power of the blood that we will not take for granted your sacrifice, but we will walk in the power of the covenant that we have with you. And daily you will strengthen us with your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.